Hello and welcome to Cocoa Pods, a podcast of the Birth Center for Natural Deliveries Foundation. My name is Dr. Bola Sogade, and we'll be talking about the summarized version of Dr. Meredith Jones' publication in the Journal of Pediatric and Adolescent Gynecology in February of 2020, talking about dating violence in adolescents, the implications for girls' sexual health. I, as an OBGYN with focused practice designation in pediatric and adolescent gynecology by the American Board of OBGYN, I am pleased to discuss this topic. Adolescents in the United States are too often involved in relationships characterized by coercion and violence. New research suggests that dating violence is linked with other health risks in adolescent relationships, particularly sexual risk behavior. All the risks conferred by dating violence and sexual risk behavior are particularly acute for adolescent girls. Adolescent gynecology providers like myself need to understand the nature of dating violence in adolescents and the ways in which dating violence and sexual risk behavior affect each other. Dr. Jones in her article talks about the links between dating violence and sexual risk in adolescent girls' relationships, how common it is, the risk factors, and the consequences of dating violence. There is indeed research linking dating violence and sexual risk. Dr. Jones concludes with implications for screening, prevention, intervention, and doing something actually and future directions for research. Now let's talk about what some of these terms mean. What is dating violence? Dating violence typically refers to intimate partner violence in the context of young people's relationships. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, an intimate partner could be a current or former boyfriend, girlfriend, dating partner, or sexual partner. Both intimate partner violence and dating violence include physical and sexual violence, stalking, and psychological aggression. Another word for dating violence is relationship abuse, relationship violence, and dating abuse. According to the CDC, physical dating violence is the intentional use of physical force with the potential for causing death, disability, injury, or harm and can include coercing a partner to commit physical violence. Sexual violence 
is defined as a sexual act that is committed or attempted by another person without freely giving consent of the victim or against someone who is unable to consent or refuse. Sexual violence includes sexual coercion, which involves using non-physical pressure to obtain sex, pressuring someone to engage in sexual acts with a third party and non-contact sexual abuse, such as forcing a victim to watch pornography. Notably, all forms of sexual violence involve a lack of freely given consent by the victim. It is important to note that sexual violence is not the same as sexual risk behaviors. Sexual risk behaviors are behaviors that put adolescents at risk for sexually transmitted infections, including HIV, as well as unintended pregnancy. The connection between dating violence and sexual risk behavior in adolescent girls' relationship is the focus of Dr. Jones' review. The links and relationships amongst dating violence, sexual risk behavior, and health will involve systems in which young adolescent girls are embedded, connecting identities and power imbalances that perpetuate violence and health risks, particularly for members of underrepresented minority groups. Stalking includes a pattern of repeated unwanted attention and contact that causes fear or concern for one's own safety or the safety of someone else, such as a family member or friend. By definition, victims of stalking either feel fear or believe that they or someone else will be harmed by the perpetrator. Finally, psychological aggression is defined by the CDC as the use of verbal and nonverbal communication with the intent to, one, harm another person mentally or emotionally, and two, exert control over another person. Psychological aggression is manipulative and may be covert, not recognized as dating violence by the victim or others, and includes attempts to coerce or control a partner. Now, reproductive coercion or the control of a partner's reproductive or sexual health is recognized as a form of psychological aggression by the CDC. Adolescents can be victims or perpetrators of dating violence and often engage in both types of behaviors. Perpetration refers to inflicting dating violence 
and victimization refers to being a target of dating violence. Now, what is the situation of adolescents dating violence in the United States? The CDC and the World Health Organization have both identified dating violence as a serious public health concern. In some research studies, like one that was done in 2014, almost 70 out of 100 girls studied between the ages of 12 and 18 who had dated in the past year reported some type of dating violence, victimization, and perpetration. Psychological violence is the most common type of dating violence reported by adolescent girls. Physical dating violence victimization was also reported by some adolescent girls. Sexual violence is also common in adolescent relationships. A proportion of girls studied ages 14 to 17 reported being the victim of a sexual offense by an adult or peer, including attempted or completed rape, sexual harassment, and unwanted sexual solicitation online. Among gender members in a relationship, mutual violence also occurs between the male and female partners. For psychological dating violence, more girls were both victim and perpetrator. However, sexual violence is primarily perpetuated by males and disproportionately affects females. Most women first experience sexual, physical, or stalking abuse before age 25 years. Young women are affected more by severe consequences of dating violence. Between 2003 and 2016, in a study done, 90% of adolescent victims of intimate partner homicides were female. Adolescent girls with a history of sexual coercion are more likely to engage in health risk behaviors, including sexual risk behavior. This suggests that experiencing dating violence in an adolescent dating relationship may set in motion a cycle of risk with coercion and violent experiences with partners, increasing adolescent girls' subsequent sexual risk behavior and risk for hostile and violent interactions. And this is consistent with what happens in adults on intimate partner violence and sexual health. And this suggests that women involved in violent relationships face myriad risks related to sexual and reproductive coercion including inconsistent use of contraceptives, 
sexually transmitted infections, and unintended pregnancy. However, it is important to distinguish between behaviors that may seem similar, but that reflect significant power and consent differences. For example, one person may choose not to use a condom because it feels better. This is sexual risk behavior. But another person may not use a condom because they fear how their partner will react. This is an example of sexual or reproductive coercion. So reproductive coercion is a form of psychological aggression, but it is also a tactic used to perpetrate sexual dating violence. Research over the past 20 years has increasingly focused on dating violence as a public health crisis with implications for physical and mental health. Dating violence is associated with unhealthy eating behaviors, depressive symptoms, and suicide attempts, as well as subsequent intimate partner violence in adulthood. Research also suggests that experiencing sexual dating violence, specifically sexual coercion, is linked with subsequent increases in substance use. In a study with a good representative sample of sexually experienced United States high school girls, adolescents who had been victimized in the past year were twice as likely to have multiple sexual partners and more likely to become pregnant. Girls who had experienced both sexual and physical dating violence reported having sex at earlier ages and were more likely to have multiple sexual partners. Sexual risk behavior like condom non-use and multiple sexual partners also may be risk factors for dating violence. Risk factors for severe adolescent dating violence include being sexually active, pregnancy involvement, and more lifetime and more recent sexual partners. So let's look at some of the demographic differences and health disparities in dating violence and sexual risk behavior. Research does suggest that identity of adolescent girls according to their age, developmental or acquired disability, religion, ethnicity, social economic status, sexual orientation, indigenous heritage, national heritage, and personal characteristics such as mental and physical disabilities serve as markers of important systemic and power differentials that can be risks for dating violence and sexual risk behavior. Serious physical 
and sexual dating violence victimization has been found by research to be stable over the course of adolescent years. And this underscores the importance of early screening and prevention because something can be done. Also, adolescent girls who identify as members of underrepresented racial and or ethnic minority groups face increased risks for both dating violence and sexual risk behaviors. Studies suggest that Black or African-American adolescents report higher rates of dating violence perpetration than their white European-American peers. And the prevalence of dating violence among Latinx Hispanic adolescents is comparable to that of Black or African-American teens. Black adolescent girls who have experienced dating violence are several times more likely to have a sexually transmitted infection. They're more likely to have non-monogamous partners and they're 50% less likely to use condoms consistently. Adolescents who identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, or queer questioning LGBTQ plus are also at greater risk for dating violence, sexually transmitted infections, including HIV and unintended pregnancy. That is lesbian and bisexual female high school students have higher rates of physical and sexual dating violence more than their heterosexual female peers. Finally, Adolescents with disabilities are likely another underrepresented group at greater risk for dating violence. Young mothers are also at risk for dating violence and sexual risk behavior and are more likely to have intersecting identities that make them more vulnerable to health disparities. Hispanic and non-Hispanic Black teens give birth twice as often as non-Hispanic whites with educational and income disparity deficits likely contributing to this difference. Teen mothers have more violent relationships than either other adolescents or older mothers. A recent study with pregnant adolescent couples found that its proportion had some type of physical dating violence in their relationship with most reporting mutual violence with, between both partners in the relationship. Adolescent mothers are also at greater risk than non-parenting peers for sexually transmitted infections. Dating violence during pregnancy has serious health implications for both mothers and developing fetuses. And dating violence in young parents' relationship is associated with a host of negative health outcomes for children. Adolescent parents in violent relationships 
are less likely to break up, which may compound the risk of sexual risk behavior sequelae. In research on adolescent mothers, physical and sexual dating violence victimization were associated with approximately four times greater risk of rapid repeat pregnancy within 18 months and 22 times greater risk for a miscarriage. Now let's look at the emotional and behavioral health implications. Both dating violence and sexual risk behavior are part of a complex cycle of mental and physical health challenges of personal and interpersonal experiences, which are most likely to affect members of underrepresented minority groups who face significant health disparities. In particular, traumatic events and life stressors clearly increase risk for adolescent involvement in dating violence and sexual risk behavior. With childhood sexual abuse, interparental violence, and parental mental illness conferring the greatest risk. There are relationships between adolescents not being able to regulate their emotion and sexual risk taking in their lives. Teenagers with internalizing and externalizing mental health symptoms report sexual risk behavior such as early sexual debut and inconsistent condom use. Adolescents with adverse childhood experience history often struggle with emotional regulation and social functioning. When adolescents experience negative emotions, such as anxiety, anger, and sadness, they may engage in unhealthy coping behaviors like unprotected sex or dating violence perpetration. Children of adolescent mothers who are in coercive and violent intimate relationships face increased health and mental health risks, including child abuse. And adolescent mothers who are experiencing both dating violence and sexual risk behavior may be at particularly high risk for rapid repeat pregnancies and sexually transmitted infections. Adolescents with adverse childhood experience history also have interpersonal skills difficulties, which decrease the rate of condom use and increase the risk of dating violence. Adolescent girls are more likely to be violent when they perceive dating relationships to be more serious and both male and female teens report that jealousy is often the cause of the dating violence. Navigating the challenges of dating relationships requires teens 
to quickly learn skills to help them solve conflicts, manage difficult emotions, and negotiate safe sexual practices. For example, successful condom negotiation requires assertive communication skills. Given the links between emotion regulation, interpersonal skills, and mental health, it is not surprising that depressive symptoms are both risk factors and outcomes of girls' unhealthy relationships. One study with Black adolescent girls found that depressive symptoms were associated with pregnancy, unprotected sex, non-monogamous sexual partners, contraceptive non-use, greater perceived barriers to condom use, and condom negotiation fears using illegal drugs, tobacco, alcohol, and steroids also increases risks for severe teen dating violence. Association between dating violence and substance use may depend on both the type of substance and the type of dating violence. Heavy smoking, binge drinking, and cocaine use are more common among adolescent girls who have experienced physical, sexual, or both type of dating violence. Marijuana use is associated with increased dating violence perpetration for girls. Studies on a sample of rural adolescent girls suggest that psychological dating violence is a predictor of alcohol use, whereas physical dating violence predicts tobacco and marijuana use for girls. Because dating violence involvement is associated with using substances before sexual intercourse, and substance use is associated with sexual risk behavior, such as condom non-use, and multiple sexual partners, substance use in the context of sexual and dating relationships may be one mechanism by which dating violence increases the risks for sexual risk behavior and vice versa. Now, how can we prevent, screen, and intervene for dating violence and sexual risk behavior? Adolescent girls and their partners need skills that they can realistically use to prevent dating violence and sexual risk behavior. There are several adolescent dating violence prevention programs that are promising. Evidence-based adolescent dating violence prevention program, such as Safe Dates, S-A-F-E, dates, D-A-T-E-S, number one. Number two, the fourth R, and shifting boundaries. Number three, focus on relationship skills, such as communication, decision-making, and personal safety. 
and understanding gender and power inequities and are typically delivered in school or community settings. More recently, the CDC has developed Dating Matters, a universal prevention program for 11 to 14-year-olds in high-risk urban environments. Dating Matters addresses both individual, that is sexual risk behavior, emotional regulation, substance use, and gender norms. And it also addresses relationship level risk factors for dating violence. For adolescent girls with previous dating violence exposure, there's the Date Smart Prevention Program that uses therapy skills, individual therapy skills to target depressive symptoms, emotion regulation, and interpersonal skills to reduce the risk for both dating violence and sexual risk behavior. Taken together, the literature suggests that in order to increase the effectiveness of dating violence and sexual risk behavior prevention, Interventions need to do the following things. Number one, target skills that research shows can help reduce the prevalence of both dating violence and sexual risk behavior in adolescents of all genders. Number two, reduce barriers to engagement in prevention programming, such as time, travel, insurance, and stigma associated with these topics. And number three, be tailored to the needs of adolescents who are at most risk, such as girls with older partners, members of underrepresented minority groups, and young mothers. The American College of OBGYN encourages providers, doctors, to screen all women regularly for dating violence, including adolescents and new mothers at their postpartum visits. Dating violence is increasingly recognized by pediatric doctors and providers also as a serious public health problem. The American Academy of Pediatrics emphasizes the role of pediatric providers in screening, reporting, education, and care coordination for adolescents at risk for dating violence. However, they do not explicitly connect dating violence and sexual risk behavior. Now, neither American College of OBGYNs nor the American Academy of Pediatrics provides comprehensive guidance to providers, to doctors on how to assess, prevent, or create intervention strategies to address adolescent dating violence. However, the American College of OBGYN does recommend beginning anticipatory guidance about healthy relationships in middle school, advises providers to be aware of mandatory reporting and confidential laws to facilitate these conversations, 
and advise providers to pay special attention to the unique needs of underrepresented adolescents, including young mothers, black mothers, and patients who identify as having disabilities or LGBTQ+. Adolescent gynecologic providers like myself could efficiently address both dating violence and sexual risk behavior together in office visits by asking about patients' recent relationships with intimate partners, which can build rapport and trust, as well as facilitate screening for signs of dating violence and sexual risk behavior. Assessing dating violence with adolescents who present for preventive care or even prenatal and obstetric care is difficult given time constraints for obstetric visits. Providers should consider providing psychoeducational information about dating violence. They should provide information about the impact on young women's health and give appropriate dating violence resources. Another promising avenue is to have trained behavioral health interventionists deliver brief skills-based interventions to promote healthy relationship skills, such as condom negotiation, assertive communication, and conflict resolution in concert with routine preventive GYN care for adolescents. And what are the conclusions and future directions we can draw here? So although there's research on adolescent dating violence and the research is growing, we know relatively little about the links between dating violence and sexual risk behavior. Much of the literature we have focused on identifying risk factors for dating violence and sexual risk behavior, but not their co-occurrence or the mechanisms that might explain their connection. So person-centered, qualitative, and mixed methods approaches to studying the relationship between dating violence and sexual risk behavior is much needed. Research can clarify the temporal sequence and the relationship of risks in adolescent girls between dating violence and sexual risk behavior. For example, the conflict over condom non-use, reproductive coercion, or a wide range of behaviors occurring outside of a committed relationship in sexual partners might precipitate dating violence. The social determinants of women's health, particularly of young women from racial, ethnic, and sexual minority groups are best approached from an interconnected way, looking at how individuals interact with and respond to the environment around them 
and how these interactions affect society and the environment as a whole. Underrepresented young women are most vulnerable to dating violence and sexual risk behavior and are also less likely to be engaged in regular medical care. For example, the American College of OBGYN has identified unintended pregnancy and access to birth control as areas of health disparity for racial and ethnic minority women, given the health disparities in adolescent dating violence, pregnancy and sexually transmitted infection prevalence in the United States, targeted and community-informed screening, prevention and intervention initiatives are very much needed. Lesbian and bisexual women are also less likely than heterosexual women to engage with preventative health care. The effects of stigma related to dating violence involvement, sexual or gender identity disclosure, documentation status, partner age, parenting status, English language proficiency, and other aspects of diversity often intersect with structural and systemic barriers such as racism, sexism, transportation, health insurance, and all of these may impede access to health care. So identifying and reducing risk for dating violence and sexual risk behavior is essential for pediatric and adolescent gynecologic providers that are interested in providing culturally sensitive, developmentally appropriate care for underrepresented young women. Thank you for listening to this very important topic on Coco Pods podcast. <music>